Escape from Plan A. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Diana, and today I'm joined by with Philip. Hey, how's it going? And Jess. Yo. All right. So the weather's heating up and uh, stuff's going on in tech. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about this thing that Facebook is doing that they announced recently that uh, they basically said anybody who wants to work remotely can. And Zuckerberg ha- is planning on, you know, basically planning on like half of Facebook's developers working remotely from now on which sounds cool uh but the catch is they are also going to localize everybody's comp you know starting next year so that means if you're in wisconsin or sorry if you were living in the bay area and you moved to like wisconsin or something you're going to take a pay cut a significant pay cut based on where you are and there's a heated discussion on online about that and i think uh it'd be cool to discuss that so i don't know philip i think you've um you're the most caught up on that so do you want to do you want to take the floor yeah sure so a lot of stuff's been happening around remote work i mean as you all know um because of covid anyone who can has been kind of working from home uh, this may be familiar to some folks like for me and i think jess you know, we're, we're pretty used to remote work. We've done it before in the past uh, current job or past jobs. Um, but uh, for a lot of others, it's, it's new. And uh, for a lot of tech companies that have kind of split remote and on-site work for some time, uh, with everyone going remote, they're finally realizing that, you know what, it actually works out pretty well, right? And so mm-hmm. they're starting to look at what this means for, you know, not just the next 6, 12 months or so when COVID's still kind of ravaging uh, ravaging the states and other places, but like after COVID, is there a way to move more folks off? Uh, sorry, not offline, but online uh, and remote because there's a lot of kind of benefits and, and you know potential savings for them as well. Um, so just to give some coverage on the kind of the two sides, right? Um, the the big conversation around remote is not just like who's doing it, who's not. There's a whole bunch of people who are doing it. Facebook announced it. Uh, Shopify here in Canada announced they're going to they're going to go largely remote over the next while. Um, Twitter and Square actually kicked it off first, but they weren't necessarily the, the biggest companies uh, to do it. So with Facebook, you know, it became kind of apparent that like, okay, a lot of these big tech companies, these like Fang companies, right? Fang being like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, uh, and other large publicly traded tech companies are doing it, and um, Facebook, I think, was the first to actually announce like a, a compensation uh, caveat, right? Like you said, Diana, where um, your cost, you know, the cost of living of where you end up working is going to impact your salary. And so two sides have kind of sprung up online on, on Twitter and other spaces um, discussing this, right? One side is saying um, your, your pay should be equalized across like your role and your level. So like if you're a senior software engineer doing this many hours and doing this kind of output, and if you can keep doing that remotely, you should be paid the same no matter if you're in bumfuck nowhere or like really fucking expensive city like New York City, 
Okay. And then there's the other side that says that, no, like the cost of living is important. We need to adjust to the cost of living. The short form for this is like COLA, C-O-L-A. Um, and it should be based on where you're living. So, you know, if you are previously making 200 grand as a software engineer uh, in San Mateo at the Facebook headquarters and you're moving to, like, like you said, like, Matt, you know, Wisconsin, you may take, you know, a pretty huge pay cut, right? Like I can imagine a senior engineer there today being paid like 120 grand instead. So like, you know, 80 grand or 60 grand pay cut kind of thing. So it's pretty substantial. Um, so tons of opinions flying around online. I don't know where you guys sit on this. I have, I have a bit of my own opinion, <laughs> largely because I live in, I live and work in Toronto. Uh, my company is headquartered in New York City. Um, you know, I'm, I'm well aware because I'm one of the founders of like what we pay our employees in those two different cities and, you know, what their skill levels are. And, um, I personally feel like it's a little bit unfair to be paying folks who are super talented, super hardworking here in Toronto, where it is a little bit cheaper than New York, um, you know, but paid substantially less. Uh, and what that kind of means for, for tech workers and also this big question, right? Of like tech work across like not just cities, but like countries and whatnot, right? We'll get into talking about, you know, offshoring and like visas, H1B, immigrant work and stuff like that. So anyways, that's the kind of summary of what's kind of happening in the, in the debates online. But um, kind of curious, uh, like Jess, if you have any thoughts on this, because you're in the tech space as well. Uh, yeah, just uh, since you're more caught up on the on the conversation around it, to get a sense for um, if there's a certain type of person who's all in favor of this mood, move versus people who are adamantly against it you know on twitter the the kind of folks who are pretty pretty opinionated about this are either like people who do it already like there's um, a couple of execs from gitlab which is this kind of like online you know this this company that does a lot of tooling for for uh developers um they already have a kind of remote working policy and a policy around payment i think they they do cost of living adjustments they pay based on where you live um, and then there's folks who are like maybe not attached to tech or maybe they are attached to tech, but they, they kind of like seem to be a bit like left leaning in their, in their views that say, Hey, like it's, it's unfair. We should really, you know, pay an equalized way. Um, we shouldn't allow these big corporations to take advantage of, of, um, you know, people who are paid a lot right now, but may want to move home somewhere else in the States or elsewhere in the world and, uh, you know, reap savings on, on the, on their move. Right. And this is like, you know, for a bit more context there, like the, the the savings, the change in cost for these tech companies is not just like the wage, but it's also lower rent, right? Because you're, you got, you need less square footage per employee, you need less upkeep, cleaning, maintenance, that kind of stuff. Uh, and also lower perks too, right? A lot of these big companies like have like free lunches and a lot of benefits that you get only if you're physically on campus. So they can kind of downsize that as well. So, um, I, it's not super clear if like it's just, you know, people from companies like Facebook that benefit a lot of this that are saying, hey, we should do COLA, cost of living adjustments. Um, but there seems to be some critique there based around whether or not, you you know, you're in favor of big tech or not. And we talked about the, the tech lash before on this podcast. So you can kind of see who those folks are. Mm, yeah. Um, I guess I have I have a bunch of thoughts on this. First is uh, that um, this isn't anything new. Uh, this isn't a fundamentally new kind of discussion that's uh, that's emerging from this. I think it's an acceleration of an existing trend. Uh, if you work in tech and a lot of different industries at this point too, 
um, there's already a de facto kind of a uh, COLA consideration when it comes to compensation. Uh, and Philip, you mentioned earlier that we talk about um, like the globalization of tech labor. And this is what I'm talking about. It's kind of understood that you, if you outsource, say, you know, the Philippines or China or any of these, uh, any of these places where there are lower cost, where it's lower cost of living mm-hmm. uh, and there are qualified engineers, um, it's kind of an understood practice to outsource to them. Uh, we have an entire freelance uh, and contracting industry around that. If you're a small, if you're a small tech company, um, you are probably you're probably very likely to uh, try to use um, try to use that system of labor as much as possible while you're trying to build up your business. And even when you're established, um, we already we have a we have uh, the H one B system, which is which is a little bit which is a step up from just outsourcing, which is uh, um, the practice of bringing qualified people here, sponsoring them. It's a very expensive thing. So it's usually only available to more established companies with plenty of liquidity to bring qualified engineers from overseas here. But there's already an understood uh, differential in compensation for those people as well. Um, so the reason why this is, is kind of sparking right now is because uh, for the most part, that's a, that's a clear line, right? International people international labor, mm-hmm. uh, people who are not, um, you know, um, Americans or Canadians or something coming to work for American or Canadian companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this is sparking is because now this is, this has come to affect, uh, Americans and Canadians, um, and, and, and other places too. But since, uh, s- since we're, you know, you're, you're in Canada and I'm in the U S I think we can, we can comfortably limit it to that, uh, um, to those two countries. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's, but it's not fundamentally new, um, is the, is the point that I'm trying to get at there. Uh, this is just an extension of, uh, an unequal labor practice that we've kind of normalized. So if we want to talk about, uh, whether this thing is good or bad right now, we can't do that without expanding the conversation to talk about, uh, the, the globalization of tech labor. 